Well, Luke doesn't tell us who the people are, but most likely well, the Pharisees, the religious leaders of the time. Well, you see, you, you see they, they don't doubt this miracle. Listen carefully. They don't doubt it. They happened. People saw it, and, and they don't dismiss his power, but they're trying to take Jesus down by asking, which side is he on? Which side are you on, Jesus? Where, this, where did you get your power from? Well, don't immediately discredit him and ask, oh, some others, um, in verse 16, immediately discredit him or trying to discredit him by kind of saying, oh, can, can you show us some more? Um, tested him by asking a sign from heaven. Well, people just don't see the meaning of miracles sometimes, do they? Well, if you're here tonight, um, well, thank you, because you probably are missing out on an important match um, that is going on, and, and the European Championship final um, that is happening right now. Well, well, well you see, you, you, well, probably this is not the best illustration because you are here, but in some ways, you, you, you know, you might know now that it's happening. And I don't know if one of you checked your phones, you might find out the score right now, what's going on, but please don't do that. Um, I'm hoping that we've maybe freeing you up by now, in tw- uh, 30 minutes in, into the game. But you could be seeing the match, knowing the match that happens, but you might be missing out on the significance of it. Well, if we win, that would be the major trophy since 1966, wouldn't it, that England would have won in a soccer tournament, on a football tournament, I should say. I should say. Um, that's a significant moment for women's history um, in sports for, for the English team. And all the progress that the, the, the women's sports have made in the last decade or so. It's a significant match, this one. We see Jesus, verse 17, knew the thoughts and said to them, Any kingdom divided against itself will be ruined, and the house divided against itself will fall. If Satan is divided against himself, how can his kingdom stand? I say this because you claim that I drive out demons by Beelzebub. Now if I drive out demons by Beelzebub, by whom do your followers drive them out? So then, they will be your judges. If I drive, them, drive out the demons by the finger of God, then the kingdom of God has come unto you. Well, what's Jesus saying here? Seems like is that the response to say, I'm, I have the power? What was that? Well, you see, keeping on with my football analogy, well, if a football team is divided against itself, if I told you that actually five of the English players this evening are really playing for the German side, what's the chances of us winning tonight? Surely we can't win that match. Or, or I would imagine if you try driving your car, but if your hands do the work against your feet, uh, that wouldn't go for, you wouldn't go very far, would you? I'm not, please don't try that. But I haven't tried that. But what I have tried is playing chess with my right hand against my left hand. I tell you, it didn't work for me. Uh, I've, I, I just got into a mess. Well, you see, Jesus' point simply here is the accusation doesn't make sense. The accusation made against Jesus doesn't really make sense. Because if you know anything, you've been coming to church for a little while, you know that the devil's scheme in the Bible is always trying to cause destruction. 
or the devil devise unity and causes destruction of trust between us and God and between ourselves. Remember back in the beginning of the Bible when Adam blames Eve about eating the fruit after they both ate it? Already the relationship is falling apart. Sin's starting to destroy that relationship. And God has to banish Adam and Eve from the garden because that perfectly righteous God cannot allow sin and evil to be present. Well, even the God should call, uh, should destroy all creation because of sin, he lovingly and graciously decides to recreate. Well, he does that by sending his son, doesn't he, Jesus, to proclaim that his recreation has already begun. So you see, Jesus' ministry here is exactly the opposite of the purpose of the devil. Jesus begins the work of restoration, restoring the effect of sin and death. He does that by, shows us the power of that by driving out demons, raising a dead girl. Well, Jesus' ministry and his power is the one that is very much opposite to the power of the devil, Beelzebul. Jesus' argument is simple here. He's on God's side. And the power is God's power that he's doing it from. And more than that, in verse 20, Jesus' miracle is a sign that the power of God's kingdom... Well, he doesn't say that the, the kingdom of God is far over there. Well, try really hard we can, and we can reach God's kingdom over there. No, instead, it's a lovely, reassuring news that God's kingdom, the kingdom of God, has come to us, as Jesus demonstrated. And this is the Christianity good news, isn't it? The kingdom of God has come to us, not that we deserve it. The entry to the kingdom is not something that we've earned and deserved. It's just God's gracious gifts through Christ's work. And listen to the words in Luke, in the next chapter, chapter 12, verse 32, that the Father is pleased to give us the kingdom. And it doesn't, that doesn't excite you this evening at the edge of your seat, maybe, by now, that you, you, you might realize that, well, yes, England might make history um, in an hour or so time. Or better, Jesus' healing means that God's kingdom is already with us. Well, I don't know what else would excite you this evening. Well, if God's kingdom is here, well, we should indeed pray that we would begin together to feel a sense of that Christian community, wouldn't we? That would be distinctive from the different communities in the world. And if God's kingdom is here, it should at least change the way that we relate to one another as a church community. As Jesus is beginning his restoration work, it's wonderful that we can live like the community of Acts that we've been listening to um, in the morning services, caring for one another in love and sacrificially. Well, I'd say Jesus could have finished his point here. Jesus could have finished his argument here. His rebuke is complete. But he goes on to teach three implications about what it means to be living together in God's kingdom. Three things on the screen. 
the arrival of God's kingdom means that together, firstly, we can be confident of the triumph. Secondly, expect a deep change. And thirdly, be blessed through obeying the word of God. So firstly, the arrival of the kingdom of God means that together we can uh, be confident in the triumph. Jesus then tells this parable in verses 21. When a strong man, fully armed, guards his own house, his possessions are safe. But when someone stronger attacks and overpowers him, he takes away the armor in which the man trusted and divides up his plunder. Well, you see, there are two figures of authority here, aren't there? The strong man, that's the devil, but the strong man doesn't have authority if the stronger man comes. And Jesus is that stronger man. Jesus has come and show us that God is still involved in history. He hasn't left us. He's redeeming us. Through Jesus' death, the punishment for the sin, for our sin, is paid for. And his resurrection has proved that the result of sin, death, is powerless against the stronger man. With Jesus had begun the restoration, his self-sacrificial act on the cross is the way that he dealt a decisive blow in the battle. Listen to the battle language in verse 22. The armor, the dividing up of plunder, the battle has already happened. Well, Jesus not only won the battle, but he shared it, he shared the victory with those who are on his side. In verse 23, Jesus warns that there's no neutral ground. Whoever is not with me is against me. Well, friends, if you're here tonight and you haven't fully put your trust in that stronger man, the stronger man, Jesus, who's battled on our behalf and he's won. Who, are you, who else are you trusting in? Well, yourself? Well, don't trust a strong man that says independent from God is good. But trust a stronger man, Jesus, who has begun the restoration and has taught us to be prayerful in our need before God. And keep coming to remind ourselves to the good news. We need to keep another in step with Jesus as a community. That great truth that we walk together, we can share together in the kingdom of God. And secondly, expect a deep change. Well, Jesus tells the second parable, as though he hasn't finished here. He tells the second parable in verses 24 and 20, uh, 24 onwards. A person who's been cleansed of the evil spirit, if nothing takes his place, the impure spirit only comes back to find seven other spirits that are more wicked than itself and live in the person. And the final condition of the person is worse. Well, imagine this with me. Imagine this. A young man in his 20s, maybe, he's just desperate to make friends. So he exaggerates and lies about himself. That's how, how, how great he is or how, how, how rich he is so that he can draw people, make friendships uh, with him. Well, soon his friends find out and realize that 
that person isn't worth trusting, so they keep the distance. So the young man decides to try really hard to give up lying, because he knows it doesn't work. But then he turns to alcohol to make him feel better, now that he doesn't have many friends. The insecurity in him, that vacuum that he's trying to fill all the time. And eventually, he meets this girl, he meets a girl, but he would only use her to meet his own needs, to make him feel better and feel more secure. And he began to maybe abuse her, and abuse their relationship. So eventually, she left her too. And eventually, this young man, who was not so young anymore, only finds self-worth and some kind of security in living under a second identity, maybe on the internet, pretending to always be 20, preying on other people for friendships, to fill that vacuum. You see, deep down, the problem is spiritual. Even try dealing with the service problem, the lying that began with, still leaves a vacuum in him. The vacuum still exists. Well, how are we doing spiritually, living in the kingdom of God? What, what, what's our vacuum, maybe? Are our hearts filled all the time? Are your hearts filled all the time with the gospel news? Or are we chasing after other things? Or just trying to deal with service problems? And never move forward and acknowledging, maybe perhaps to one another and to God, that we can't truly deal with our own problems. Our pride, our sinful desires. Instead, we need to find joy in the Lord Jesus himself. He is the one who can deeply change us by his spirit. So as a community, I wonder if I could encourage you to pray. Pray with one another and maybe gently accountable to one another as we live in that confidence of the triumph and that we can together expect a deep change when the Lord Jesus and the Spirit fills our heart. And thirdly and briefly, as, as a church together, as a, as a the, the arrival of the kingdom of God means that together we can be blessed through obeying the word of God. Just look down in verse 27 and 28 with me. As Jesus was saying these things, a woman in the crowd called out, blessed is the mother who gave you birth and nursed you. He replied, blessed, are, blessed rather are those who hear the word and obey it. Well, in some ways, I think in her culture, she, she isn't totally wrong. I think in the Eastern Asian lens, that kind of thing is said. And I wonder, maybe she's trying to, to refocus, redirect her, her, her where, where she should be focusing. Well, richness and fullness of life, we know it's not found in, in a matter of biological or social origin, but full relating and trusting in the Lord. And the Lord, God, adopts us through Christ into his family. And we can come knowing that 
through obedience of him and his words. So keep listening, friends. Keep attentive ears and love God's word, the Bible. Well, don't miss the, the, the blessings that can come hearing and obeying God's word. And we need to be doing that as a community, don't we, as a church? Because we are feeble. We need to admit that we are weak and we need Jesus' help. He's walked before us. He's been tempted by the devil. But he's come out triumphant. He did not give in to, into his own desires. But he obeys the Father's will. So let's pray that we can know and be excited about the greatness of this kingdom that has come, God's kingdom through Christ, who has Christ himself, who has triumphed and is our king, and that he can change our hearts as we trust and obey his words. Let me lead us in prayer as we close. Father, thank you for the wonderful and gracious gift of your son, Jesus. Thank you for the way that he has demonstrated your plan of salvation and his kingship through his death and resurrection. And we pray for us as a church that we could be Christ-shaped and full of gospel grace, helping one another to, to, to see, live in that kingdom of God that you've, you've called us into for Jesus' sake. Amen. Well, the band is going to come up and we're going to sing again um, as we close. For a final, sing again for a final time together.